0: Welcome to The Worst Bestsellers, where someone else watched Courtney Robertson's season of The Bachelor, so we didn't have to. I'm Kate. And I'm Renata. And joining us once again is Stacy, librarian slash reality TV fan, who you may remember from our last episode. Hello again. So, in our last episode, we discussed I Didn't Come Here to Make Friends, a memoir by Courtney Robertson and Deb Baer that detailed Courtney's life, specifically her time on the reality TV show The Bachelor. Um, none of us had seen the show, but luckily, Margaret, librarian slash host of the best 24-7 slumber party on Twitter, uh, is here now to answer our questions about Courtney, and um, because she has seen it and she actually has already answered some questions about Courtney and the book on the podcast, The Pop Culture Happy Hour.
1: And she's here again. Welcome, Margaret. Hi, everybody. I, I wish I had known that um, Courtney Robertson would be such a big part of my media career. <laughs> I would have taken like very careful notes. <laughs>
2: Right, you've got to work on your branding.
1: <laughs> I think my Twitter bio is like already at maximum. Otherwise, I would add gimlet-eyed bachelor commentator to the to the whole thing. It's hard out there in the 140 character world. <laughs> it really is, especially if you're like terminally verbose. <laughs>
2: All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Margaret. I'm so happy to have you here and to have access to your Bachelor expertise. Well,
1: as I said, I could literally talk about this forever. So just (laughs) thank you for giving me a platform. (laughs) Otherwise, I'd just be like on a soapbox in Boston Common. (laughs) Talking about the gender politics of The Bachelor.
2: (laughs) You'd probably be the most sane person there. (laughs) All right, um, I guess we'll get started. Um, the three of us who um, read the book but never watched The Bachelor have some questions that we would like to ask you. And I'll I'll start by asking, when you were watching the show, um, who were you
1: rooting for? This is a complicated question because the process of watching The Bachelor, at least as I do it, is less a process of rooting for someone and more a process of rooting against someone. <laughs> Which is why Courtney was such a virtue to the season that she was on, because she really was just a unifying force you could root against. (laughs) But conversely, because Ben, he has a last name and I can't really pronounce it, so I just refer to him as Ben Flapjack, because (laughs) visually... Like it's about right. Yeah, it's and like Slapjack or something. It's, it's basically it's that. It's like <laughs> or something like that. But slapjack is so much, like, it just, it's stickier. It just makes, so <laughs> anyway, he was the actual living worst human being in the entire world. So, although Courtney was, like, like a sociopathic monster, like, <laughs> I was rooting for her to win slash lose Like, they seemed right for each other, I guess is what I'm saying. (laughs) He didn't deserve anything better than Courtney. He didn't (laughs) even deserve Courtney.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of the conclusion that I drew just from the book, which was obviously colored um, against Ben.
1: Well, I don't think there's
2: a way you could color for Ben,
1: unless you were just like drawing over his face, like a very harsh permanent marker.
2: Unless you got confused and were actually just thinking about pancakes. (laughs)
1: Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So, so I wasn't, I wasn't like sitting there thinking that I wanted to hang out with Courtney. But I was certainly sitting there thinking, thank God that she is here creating terrific blood sport on my television where normally I have to you know, I have to accept more milk toast drama.
2: So you you weren't like, Oh, I really hope Lindsay wins or Casey or like oh, any of those girls.
1: I hoped that Lindsay like went home to like feed her horses and like never came back on television again. <laughs> I felt like very tender, protective things for her in my heart and like she was not safe. And Casey B was crazy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You and Courtney seem to agree about
1: that. Oh, God, her home visit was terrible. She had this like bananas domineering father. And it just
3: felt like a flowers in the attic kind of situation. <laughs> <laughs> you you don't realize it, but you just touched very close to my adolescence. In in the flowers in the attic reference, not in life. <laughs> <laughs> Remember how we said this was explicit. <laughs> To be clear, I, I mean, I
2: think Stacy is just meaning that she loves flowers in the Attic not confessing to childhood abuse on this
3: podcast.
2: <laughs> right?
3: Yes. <laughs> you read that right. You know me so well. Because um, if he yeah. to talk, I mean. <laughs> That's for a different podcast. <laughs> called
2: yeah.
3: One thing, though, that I was curious, like, the, the whole throughout the book it just became very obvious that Courtney was like I was in here to play the game I was really into Ben I really wanted to win this thing when you were watching it was it did she just seem like this malicious villain or did any of that come through
1: I would say two of those three things came through okay. that she really wanted to win was clear that she felt she was playing a game and that she was taking it very seriously was likewise quite clear that she liked Ben was maybe a little bit more difficult to believe um, because as previously stipulated, he was the worst. (laughs) (laughs) So she just seemed to me very much like the kind of person who could not be exposed. Like she seemed like the kind of person who treated every room she walked into naturally, like it was an episode of the bachelor. (laughs) Like there was one guy she wanted to be with. There were 16 bitches who were gonna get in her way, and she was gonna cut them all individually if she had to, and like leave with the man like thrown
3: over her shoulder
1: <laughs> and like and like a trophy for hottest bitch.
3: <laughs> wow. <laughs> so so you listened to the episode where we sort of were like kind of glowing about Courtney. Well not glowing, but we took her side, obviously. What it were you just like Shaking your hands. No, it wasn't like that. (sighs) No,
1: I was not just shaking my head saying no, it wasn't like that. Because, like, just because someone would naturally make every room they walk into an episode of The Bachelor doesn't mean that when they walk into a literal episode of The Bachelor. Like, she was a boss. (laughs) (laughs) She knew what she was doing. And she made America hate her. And she still won. I mean... Like, that doesn't happen. What you need to understand is that as a gimlet-eyed viewer of The Bachelor, (laughs) you are fundamentally at odds with the narrative that they are trying to tell you. You are angry that they keep trying to tell you about true love because you know how this works out. You can't form true love under the conditions being presented. You guys are right. They should just be trying to set up a polyamorous, like, (laughs) sister-wise thing. Like, the top four people should get to go away. This would be a realistic way to test that. Which we'd all watch, right? Absolutely all of us would watch. And I feel like we're maybe four years away from it. (laughs) Not, I mean, like, not as part of the Bachelor franchise, but definitely on VH1.
3: (laughs) There's already at least a couple sister wives reality shows out there. I know I've watched some. Right, exactly. I, we yeah. already
1: have dating shows and we already have slice of life shows about, you know, sister wife relationships. We just need to meld the two together right. and have it be like, I don't know what you'd call it, like, like, like sister wife fight off or whatever. Yeah. Top
3: four win. Who wants to form a concubine or join a concubine (laughs) or something? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I I mean, it sounds like it really comes back to one of the things that we were talking about a lot last time, which was the reason that despite the fact that none of us have seen this before, we all ate it up like candy was because (laughs) there's like something about reality TV where even though we know it's not real, The fact that it's presented to us as a truth makes us really hungry for all of the gossip and all of the how they make it the way that it is and all of that
1: right and like um so my friend linda she's the one who hosts pop culture happy hour And uh, is another viewer of The Bachelor. And one of her favorite truths about reality TV is that there are certain like societal laws that you won't even know exist until you see people acting them out in reality TV situations. Just like blunt force facts about like gender politics and shit like that. And The Bachelor and Courtney bring up one of the most fascinating ones, which is like, what are women allowed to do to pursue a man? Uh Right? (laughs) Because (laughs) the answer is nothing. Women aren't supposed (laughs) to pursue men. They're supposed to be passively beautiful objects for male lust, right? But then when you put them in a situation where, like, literally the only way they're going to get to spend time with the person they've told is the love of their life is if they go up and, like, drag him away from another woman, which is, like, one of the tropes. You're supposed to, like, go up to him having a one-on-one conversation. And be like, hey, sorry, could I cut in? Like it's a dance in the 1950s. And he's not allowed to be like, no, actually, I'm into the conversation I'm having right now. He has to say yes. Right? So women have to take action. And there's literally no way for them to take action without being coded as crazy in some way. Mm
3: -hmm. Well, if I – I hope this doesn't get us too off track. But I'm assuming that if you watch The Bachelor, you might also watch The Bachelorette. Oh, yeah. How – I imagine the same, the same scenario plays out where The Bachelorette's talking to a suitor and no. one cuts in. And th- is that viewed as the same nope. catty man-eating type thing?
1: Uh, there are some of the same tropes that pop up both places. The idea of who's there for quote-unquote the right reasons is often trotted out. Um, but uh, there isn't, in Bachelor time, there are always like four crazy girls who go crazy specifically because they're convinced that this guy is like their last chance for true love. Mm -hmm. And you don't really have that same dynamic when it's multiple guys and the girl. Well, their eggs are going to dry up. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Exactly. (laughs)
2: Whereas, (laughs) go ahead.
0: Oh, I was just going to say, it's really interesting. I guess I hadn't really thought about it that way before, but that makes like 100% perfect sense. And like as embarrassing as this is to admit, I think probably the reason that I hadn't thought about it that way before is because I have never been in that situation. I date women. So like women have to do the pursuing because because otherwise we just awkward I mean and I've been in that situation too where it's just a room full of lesbians who aren't talking to each other because they're all like awkward but that is really interesting and true and makes me feel good I think about my coming down on Courtney's side after reading the book. (laughs) Right.
1: So like Courtney broke like the number one most vital rule which is that like she decided that her relationship with Ben was more important than anyone else's feelings about her in the house. And like, that's like the one thing that like a bachelor, like a lady on the Bachelor's, like not allowed to make that choice. Mm. And Courtney made it and it was so beautiful and she didn't equivocate. She didn't fuck around with the idea. She just went for it. And then she broke the second rule, which is she used sex to ensnare a man, which you're like, definitely not allowed to do on bachelor time sex is like not a thing like it's only like winkingly acknowledged that maybe it happens well that
0: was another one of our questions do you remember courtney and ben and their like secret skinny dipping rendezvous and how did you feel when that was
1: happening (laughs) grateful (laughs) right and like but also just like baffled because it's happening and you sit there and you think, like I, I watch this show with my one of my best friends from college who's like a PhD in television. And we watch it the day after and we like snarkily G-chat each other the entire time. And I remember we were both like, but we thought this wasn't allowed. And like literally like not allowed by production standards that are never made clear to us. Like we didn't think it was possible for a bachelorette, a bachelor contestant to leave the hen house <laughs> and, and like go find the fox <laughs> So, <laughs> because we've when, watched so many seasons they would never done it before when they aired it did they
2: did they make it clear that like production was helping her do that or did they just no. sort of
1: mm. we just assumed by the fact that production included it that it had been an option all this time but <laughs> he was like the first bitch bold enough to avail herself of it <laughs>
3: I mean, she was bold enough to orchestrate it with the production crew, or at least that's how she put it, that she was like, hey, I want to do this. And they're like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) I've got the book. I'm going to flip through and find what she says exactly.
1: Amazing. This is so helpful to me because it was honestly, I mean, like it was just like it was a beautiful, mysterious gift.
3: (laughs) Did you did you know that they were having sex while you were watching it or did you presume that they were?
1: We did not know that they were having sex, but, like, like a lady and a gentleman only skinny dip in the middle of the night on national television for so many reasons. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, I found it. Um, ben confide- confided to me that his one-on-one date with Elise tomorrow would be short. Ben's hint seemed like a challenge to me. Feeling like I had nothing to lose, I went to the producers and told them I wanted to set up a secret rendezvous with Ben after his date with Elise. They loved the idea. They were all for it and set the wheels in motion for a secret operation dubbed Team Romance. I have to turn the page. Um, the girls were shocked, but I didn't care. I was about to launch the most epic, diabolical plot right under their noses. Finally, I got my cue. I went to the stairwell outside of Ben's room. Ben had no idea I was coming. Although in a confessional, I did say, I hope on the site for sore eyes because after the date with Elise, his eyes are pretty sore. I actually liked Elise a lot. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then, uh, then it just goes on to like a full-on description of um, the skinny dipping.
1: I've got to read this book. Correct. <laughs> this oh. sounds so amazing. And then
2: further on, she says, so let's get to the good part. To answer your question, yes, Ben and I did have sex in the ocean on camera. It was immediate, <laughs> but it was only for about 20 seconds, and um, it was just the tip.
1: Okay, <laughs> guys, remember how we started this, and somebody was like, I'm late, and I'm like, under three minutes isn't late. <laughs> Under three minutes isn't sex, either. <laughs> <laughs> like, ooh, maybe if you're 16 and the question is, like, have I lost my virginity or not? It's like, maybe you have, but otherwise... Which,
2: if you'll recall, Courtney was not sure whether or not she had lost her virginity. <laughs> so. I loved that detail.
1: <laughs> and I'm disappointed that I had to listen to you guys to find out about the pubic hair thing, too. I mean, I think it is because Pop Culture Happy Hour is a family podcast, but... <laughs> That detail was really special. I, you
2: know. <laughs> we're 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 the explicit podcast with all your <laughs> all your bachelor needs, <laughs> not just the PG rated ones.
3: <laughs> God bless. So you know there there isn't I, as far as I know there's no there's no uh, legal streaming ways for us to watch uh, Courtney season of the Bachelor, but were we to all of a sudden find it falling into our laps, would you recommend that we watch it? Ooh, this is a tricky question. Yeah, because I I feel like we've already, we know (laughs) everything else about it except having other than YouTube clips, yeah. I cannot in good conscience
1: recommend (laughs) that anyone watch any part of the Bachelor franchise except for this most recent uh, spinoff, Bachelor in Paradise wherein they basically just let the editors go to town and like, and like crazy crying girls were edited to look like they were talking to raccoons. Like maybe they had a romantic relationship with. And and they would do like the typical, like gauzy, like love true love montages, but they would also like open those with shots of the two contestants in love, quote unquote, doing tequila shots. Um, and it just finally felt like somebody was on my side in the editing room. Someone knew <laughs> what I wanted to see of The Bachelor. And other than that, it's, I mean, like, if you've got company in the minds, like, it can be enlightening. But, like, it's a slog, man. Every <laughs> single one of those episodes is 90 minutes long without commercials Whoa, and two wow. hours long with. And there are so many helicopter rides you just don't <laughs> need to see.
2: well and it seems to me like i i do see a lot of people who live tweet it it seems like that would be the only time to watch it is if you could watch it like or you know soon after like while people are still talking about it but like to back watch old seasons of bachelor seems like pretty intense
1: there are a couple seasons that there's one season that i want to go back and watch where um like instead the guy proposed didn't propose to one girl and then broke up with her on national television and brought the runner up back on and was like, want to give it a go? And she was like, okay. And now they're married. They're like, they're like the sages that get brought back on the bachelor to advise the new bachelor couples. Like 17 (laughs) seasons. And the guy who dumped the winner and hooked up with the runner up is like (laughs) one of the best examples that they can trot out. It's like one of the four that made it. Did you watch the first season with Trista? Is that her name? I have not. No, I have not okay. watched the first season. I've only watched maybe the last five or six. Cause it's probably I, best to just drape that in mystery. Like, I don't want to actually think about how many episodes <laughs> a I handful. have watched. Because one like- of the things recurring in the
2: book is that I guess Trista really hated Courtney and, like, <laughs> tweeted mean things at her and um and then in person also was mean to her afterward.
1: <laughs> Well, the reason why Courtney was, like, a transcendent television viewing experience is because she called The Bachelor on its bullshit. And you know who's not going to do that? Like, Trista, who's, like, the number one Bachelor success story. She was the first one to have her marriage televised. She is super dumb the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> or, or just differently cynical
2: <laughs> fair
0: i i feel like what what really the answer to the question of should we watch this season of the bachelor is is that renata needs to come visit boston and we all need to get together in person with a lot of liquor and watch
2: it together
1: <laughs> yes that's correct.
2: Okay. That's absolutely. I'll get my best ticket.
1: <laughs> or you could just get me drunk and I could recount my favorite parts. But the best thing, I, does she talk in the book about the outfit she wears in the final episode?
3: She oh my hates God. It.
1: It. She, she, hates she hates it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll
2: flip through and find it.
1: I mean, because it was, again, like it was just beautiful and wonderful because the way this is supposed to work is there's supposed to be the hot bitch he actually wants to fuck. Right? And she's supposed to make it to the top four, and she's supposed to freak all of the normal girls out by being like sexually available and appealing. And then she's supposed to go down in a crazy in flames because she's not there for the right reasons and be sent home probably just after the overnight dates. Um, And then some like milk toast girl who other girls might like is supposed to take the crown. Right? So the hot bitch he actually wants to fuck, being the lady who wins in the end, was unprecedented and
3: magical. (laughs) I do like that. And I definitely feel like reading it, it sort of came through that that was the case. Because, uh, and I think we talked about this in the last podcast, too, was that she came in and out of casting so many times. Like, she was like, yes, I'm going to do it. Never mind. Maybe. And, like, she kept being able to do that, partly because I wonder if Ben got an advanced viewing of pictures of some of the applicants, and they're like, which ones do you want to fuck? And he he was like, that one. Because (laughs) it became, it was clear in the book that he was into her from the start, at least for those reasons.
1: Well, she was also just like, gamesmanship on a completely different level than anybody else in that place. Like, she... Constantly conveyed to him the sense that she could walk away at any moment. Yeah.
3: Yeah, she and, really did
1: play that. Right. So- I mean, up to and including, there's a point where she was like accepting a rose and she was like, Well, I'm glad you didn't keep me waiting. But this this was a really hard night for me. So <laughs> basically being like, sure, I'll take your rose loser, but I'm halfway out the door. <laughs>
0: So here, here's my question then, I guess, and I think maybe you kind of answered that, but just for clarification, like my thing in the first, in the last episode when we were talking about this is that to me it was very confusing because it seemed like the point of The Bachelor without ever having seen it is to win marriage from this man, and to me it seemed like from reading the book, that's what she was doing, was playing the game in order to win. I was very confused that all of the other girls were so shocked that she was pulling out all the stops to win. So I guess my question is, so that's not something that normally happens? Normally, the women who are on this show are not, like, really aggressively trying to beat all the other women to the prize?
1: There's usually at least one woman who's trying to aggressively beat everybody else. Or or is just no holds barred pursuing the guy, you know, in spite of society's invisible rules about how women are supposed to conduct themselves. But she usually collapses in a crazy bitch pile. Like I say, like sometime around the top six, like she makes a fatal error. She cares too much about the other bullshit contestants, gets into some kind of big fight. Some noble dummy like talks to the bachelor and is like, so-and-so just isn't with you the way she is with the rest of us. I'm more worried. And like that bitch always goes home. Like, don't, don't use your one-on-one time to talk about house drama. The men don't care. <laughs> um, but it often is enough to bring the other person down with her. So, I mean, Courtney was mostly exceptional because she actually carried the day. And they dressed her like a goddamn black swan in that final <laughs> episode. She was in, like, a black dress with, like, black elbow-length gloves and, like, an like, evil green feather headdress. I might be exaggerating, but I don't think Um, I I am. I found a description of her outfit,
2: actually. (laughs) Perfect. I hated that dress. I had picked it out three days earlier with the fabulous Carrie Fettman, stylist for The Bachelor. Both (laughs) Lindsay and I had to choose from the same eight dresses. I was so disappointed. I thought I'd be wowed. Instead, as I walked around reviewing my choices, I thought, Is this it? This can't be it. I knew immediately that Lindsay would pick the really girly, poofy, navy blue tube dress with feathers. I ended up with a black dress with sequins, long black gloves, and a white cape. Yes, a white cape. Under normal circumstances, I would not have been caught dead in that outfit.
1: I may be remembering this incorrectly, but like I say, she was dressed like an evil goddamn queen, and I think Lindsay was wearing bridal white. Ah. And got her heart handed to her on a platter so that she could go home and feed her horses hay
3: she was like a fancy pants
1: equestrian
3: um so going into that last episode did you really think that Lindsay was gonna take it it knowing the, the rules that you know about how reality tv works courtney had outlasted her stay
1: courtney had been given a villain's edit but had not gone home at the villainous point um,
3: and it seemed like she
1: had, like, like beady-eyed little Ben Flapjack, like, fully <laughs> ensorcelled. So, unless the producers, like, actively interfered and insisted that he go with Horsey Lindsay, like, it was a done deal. But it's The Bachelor. And it's all fake. And, and there's a notion of sort of, like, paying attention to the meta-narrative. And, like, I was in suspense up until the last moment. Because I wasn't sure... If Courtney's evil queen game was actually gonna gonna end in triumph, if she was gonna take the pawn, so to speak, Um, or if the pawn was gonna cross the board and become like like a loser pawn queen, oh man, you're wondering what happens when the
2: pawn hits the queen, and And you didn't have Fiona Apple to ask.
0: No, this is really embarrassing. I did actually used to know what that move was called because I researched it for my X-Men fan fiction. <laughs> no.
3: you, I'm, I'm I'll take it nerdier. I was just thinking of the the musical that I know Renata and I are both super fans of of the Tim Wright. Ry- yes! <laughs> I, oh, I, I thought you were going to say Avita. What? No, <laughs> I was going to say no, Endgame Endgame no, oh. the, the ABBA, the Abba Tim Rice collaboration (laughs) where everything comes together, and you know, they're on a mountain, and Endgame is playing as she Mm. takes whatever happens in chess when you win. (laughs) But but, yeah, amazing! Then you get a trophy. I'm so
1: glad that analogy took us to such beautiful (laughs) places. Absolutely,
3: (laughs) what a well, and they were in the mountains, so it was like Murano. What a lovely sight! (laughs) 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 We've gotten sidetracked, we (laughs)
2: have. I think we're we're right where we were meant to be (laughs) doing what we always said we'd do (laughs) oh no (laughs) I'm not I'm not taking the bait (laughs) tune in next week for a podcast where Stacey and I just recite all the lyrics from Chefs for two hours. <laughs> 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 Brought to you by ChristianMingle.com. <laughs> uh,
3: yes. So
1: the, the big question that I have for you guys as readers of the book is like, talk to me more about how convinced you actually were that Courtney was in love with this like like unbearable loser Ben Flapjack. Um
3: I mean she she kept reinforcing it by saying it but she kept threading through this foreshadowing that she would no longer be into him. Um all these warning signs she should have picked up on. Um I mean honestly I'm going to say that I never really bought it even though she kept feeding it to me.
0: Mm-hmm. I was yeah, I I feel like I feel like I bought that she wanted to be in love with Ben, mm-hmm. but that like the way that she talked about it, um, especially You know, she details, like, the proposal and how happy she is and how, like, all of these great memories that she has with him and almost right off the bat, like, I think it's the prologue, she talks about how they're whisked away to their, like, special suite with just the two of them and immediately he kind of, like, blows her off and invites some other people out to dinner with them and ignores her for five days and how... She realizes that, you know, the him that that she was competing for on the show was not necessarily what he was really like when the cameras were off. So I guess I kind of buy that she was perhaps, if not for real, super 100% in love with him, swept away by the idea of him Mm -hmm. enough to play the game as intensely as she did and then realized afterwards that she'd been sold a bill of goods.
2: Because two things um, that I think I'm not sure how much they were conveyed on the show, but it seemed like right before Courtney went on The Bachelor was like a real low point for her um, just bad boyfriends and like all this shit going on. Jesse Metcalf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> um and other dudes Learned by adrian Grenier. yeah <laughs> that's how say it right i don't know, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's how french people say it right <laughs> um yeah so all the and then also that you know that she had legitimately watched the bachelorette and had really liked him from what she had seen on that although as she now knows heavily edited um, that he was on that show. I, I mean, I did think that she was at least legitimately into him. I don't know um, if I would call it love or not. Um, she also, and I hate to to no, say this,
0: you know.
2: because I know that
0: it's like a thing that people say about women all the time and it makes me angry, but she was very intent on getting married. It was definitely, like, it was the reason why... She had broken up with a bunch of her boyfriends was because they had told her point blank, like, I don't want to get married. I don't want to get married to you. And she was really longing for that kind of long term commitment. Hmm. So I can see how that could be appealing to her. The idea of like going on this show with a guy she thought was attractive and essentially being promised a marriage at the end of it. Mm -hmm. Like, I can see how that would seem like a home run to her in that state of mind
1: disappointing because she seems smarter than that. <laughs>
2: we, like, all, we all have our rough patches in life. Just most of us are lucky enough not to go on reality television during them.
1: Well, but this is kind of the crux of the issue, right? It's like either she'd never watched the show before and it just sounded like a good idea. It sounded like maybe it was fun. And then she got there and got carried away with it. Fine. I can buy that. Or I can buy, she'd watch the show and thought this looks like a system I could game. And she went there and she gamed it like a boss. But has the intelligence to game the system but not recognize the game you're playing is bullshit, (laughs) it's just hard for me to imagine.
3: Yeah, I I, I think she played the best of both worlds. Like she said, I was really into him. I was into him before. I was hoping he'd be The Bachelor on the next season. And also, what are all these lazy girls doing not stealing him away for skinny dipping? (laughs) <laughs> yeah,
0: like, I did not, and I i don't mean this in a mean way. It's going to sound mean. I don't think she's necessarily a diabolical mastermind genius. <laughs> um, I think that she's very competitive and very ruthless. And I think that... I, think I it just was think
1: more... she's what, like, Ayn Rand would be if Ayn Rand <laughs> had been hot. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
3: She is. Yeah.
1: And that's why I feel like, like, the idea, I feel like Ben would have only had appeal when there were, like, bitches she could cut to get to him. And once it was just <laughs> the two of them, she'd be like, who the fuck is this loser? I want to get back with Jesse Metcalf. (laughs) (laughs) But he wasn't ready to commit. My real hope, my fondest, cherished hope, and this was nurtured greatly by how professional you say she was in talking about ABC. My fond, cherished hope is that they bring this bitch back to be the Bachelorette,
3: Black Club (laughs) Bachelorette,
1: from here until eternity, because she is, like, the only person who could make the men be as crazy as the women are just naturally.
2: That's that's when I will start watching this show. Yes. Definitely. Definitely.
0: She becomes a bachelorette. We're gonna have to do a an offshoot podcast where we just talk
1: about every episode. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> we should really, we should definitely send this episode to ABC and be like, guys. <laughs> um, Courtney
2: Robertson faved a tweet about this podcast. By the
3: way, she might listen. No,
2: they her both ghost- did. Her ghostwriter oh, I retweeted. It
3: was just oh, her
2: ghostwriter retweeted it, and then Courtney faved the retweet. <laughs>
1: Well, I feel like now that I know that, this is a great time for you guys to ask me who from the bachelorette, who from the contestants I'd want to be friends with. Yes. Who? Because Courtney, if you're listening to this, I would totally hang out with you. (laughs) So would we, Courtney. (laughs) Please listen. I could teach you so much about how to socialize with women. And you could teach me so much about how to ensnare men. And, like, we would both be improved by it. We would really take, like, we would take ourselves to the next level. (laughs) This could be, okay, um, like, RuPaul's
2: Drag Race had a spinoff called Drag You, where the drag queens would teach, um, like, cisgender women how to be fancy drag queen-like women. So this could be, like, Bachelorette. Bachelor could have a show where they take regular women and teach them how to be, like, Bachelor ladies.
1: Yeah. I watched a season of RuPaul's Drag Race in between the last two seasons of The Bachelor I watched. And when I got back to The Bachelor, it was just like, oh, my God, these, like, pretty idiots – need a drag queen house mother (laughs) calm them down
3: oh that would be great wouldn't that be
2: amazing the crossover america needs
1: exactly It's just yes. the winner every season from RuPaul's Drag Race comes at his house mother
2: on The Bachelor. <laughs> just like add that to the prize. You get $100,000 and a year's <laughs> supply of makeup from Nick's Cosmetics and a one season contract on The Bachelor. <laughs>
1: exactly. And it would be great exposure for them. It would be a boon for the majority of the viewers of The Bachelor who cannot be watching that shit in earnest. <laughs> And and like the idiots would come out like just like a little bit less traumatized.
2: <laughs> <sighs> okay, well let's uh, <laughs> let's pitch this to ABC as soon as possible. Absolutely, ABC and Logo joint meeting. Yep. I have, have my assistant set it up. <laughs> <laughs> My assistant is (laughs) Dwarde.
3: I nominate Latrice Royale as the first house mother. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yes, God. Um, (laughs) Yes, God. (laughs) Oh, one thing I wanted to ask you. uh, uh, There's a segment they do on this podcast about a candy pairing for the book. And we had all sort of picked candies that were on the theme of why do I keep eating this? Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm loving it. Do you have a candy pairing for The Bachelor? For watching The Bachelor?
1: The only logical candy pairing for watching The Bachelor needs to be imported from England, and it's wine gummies. Which are like gummy (laughs) candies flavored like wine. (laughs) And I think you guys, (laughs) I think it's it's self-evident. Why that's the correct answer. Yes. That's very sound. <laughs> I think like ideally like you would get like a glass of moscato and you would just drop the wine gummies like into the moscato and you would drink. And then like you would fish the wine gummies out in like like as you drank. Like, like a on classier one, version of like jello shots. Or like a, a less classy
2: like version of sangria. sangria. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh.
1: Like like an uncomfortable um, <laughs> Like an unholy mix between a sangria and a jello shot. (laughs) Oh, brilliant. Yeah, I know. It's inspired. What can I say? Yeah.
0: So do you have any more questions for us, Margaret?
1: No, I feel like you guys did a pretty, I mean, like the big one was like, could Courtney Robertson actually have been dumb enough to fall in love with Ben Flapjack? (laughs) And I feel like our answers are inconclusive, but potentially disappointing.
3: (laughs) What is, what's next for Courtney Robertson though? Like she, she wrote this book. Yeah. Yeah. Bachelorette. Yeah. Rise from the ashes. Courtney.
1: And yeah. on us
3: all. <laughs> can we can we have a Kickstarter for that, or <laughs> start um, Ending the White House? What what do we do at the oh end God, of the Michelle book?
1: Michelle Obama would
2: totally be on our side. So. <laughs> at the Absolutely. end of the book, she is like, "Where are they now?" And first of all, um, she says of Adrian Grenier, still booty call text Courtney to this day. The last time he wrote her, he asked, "Are you still on that show?" There's a <laughs> <laughs> there's a good chance he has no idea that she wrote this book. Or that he's in it. But then her where are they now for herself is Courtney Robertson, that's me, is still single and ready to mingle. Her modeling career is on the upswing again after booking a direct TV commercial in the summer of 2013 and signing with Wilhelmina Models in 2014. She is still a hopeless romantic and looking for a man who actually wants to get married.
1: AKA ABC, she's still willing to be featured on The Bachelorette. Just give her a call anytime. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Like, the only thing that I wish for more fervently than that is, so you guys asked me at the beginning of this episode is like, who was I rooting for? And I was like, The Bachelor is a process of rooting against, not a (laughs) process of rooting for. One notable exception, Bachelorette season with race car widow, Emily Maynard, so-called because her fiancé was a race car driver and he totally died after getting her knocked up. It was very tragic. Um, but she was the greatest bachelorette of all time, and she did not pick her one true love, and it's devastated me to this day. Ari Ludwig, if you're watching or listening, I want you to be the bachelor, and it's the only thing I want more than Courtney Robertson being a bachelorette.
2: Wait, wait, wait. That guy's in this book. That name is familiar. For real? Oh my god, Um, what's crazy about Ari? He's, um, he's also, I'll read you his Where Are They Now. He is still racing. Because she, she dated him. What? Yeah. 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 She yeah.
0: Up with him. After Ben cheated on her, um they broke up and like he was the first guy who she dated like right after and oh, it, Ben yeah. got really mad because god. apparently he's allowed to cheat on her, but if she hooks up with someone the day after they break up, then that's, you know, bad.
1: You guys don't even know what you've just done to my life. Oh my god, it was the whole thing he's so much better let me yes. read
2: you this thing. Um, Ari Ludyak Jr. is still yes. racing Indy cars and super trucks. He dated Bachelor Nation Selma Alamari from Sean Lowe's season for a short time. She called Courtney to commiserate, but got over him pretty quickly. Courtney and Ari are still good friends and still keep in touch. P.S. The Kissing Bandit is currently single. She <laughs> called him the Kissing Bandit. Is that a thing from the show
1: or just a thing? That, that- is a thing from the show. Okay. Yes. I think that was a thing that developed... Because he and Emily made out constantly because they were in real love. And then she picked this, like, skateboarding loser Mormon with a water nonprofit Just because he was mean and pushy and insisted on meeting her child. Which was violating a boundary, not showing care for her. Yeah. Which she found out subsequently when she got caught sexting, like, a NFL player.
3: Well, maybe we <laughs> shouldn't spoil the Ari-Courtney romance, but... That well, can be detailed for you when you read the book. Yeah, I'm definitely
1: going to be checking that out. Excellent. I don't know why that wasn't printed in every promotional material that <laughs> about this book. Yeah. All right. So yeah, I'm glad that she and Ari Lugnuts got together after <laughs> she and Ben Flapjack broke
2: the fuck up. But they're both Men still like out ben there are looking a for pestilence.
1: love. Don't be taken in by average looking guys who are like convinced they're the best boyfriend in the entire world because they're never the best boyfriend and they don't ever get more handsome. And they don't even
2: own their own vineyards. They're just leasing the land. Uh
0: (laughs) <laughs> this is all super important advice that i should clearly take to heart <laughs> we all
2: should, <laughs> we all, should. <laughs> all right um does anybody have any closing
1: thoughts or questions this has been a delight that's my closing thought
0: <laughs> thank you so much for coming and answering all these burning questions for us margaret
3: yeah <laughs> thanks,
2: thanks you for having you- me back thanks for joining us everyone
3: yeah All right, well, we'll
2: see you – our next episode, as scheduled, will be Scavenger Hunt by Christopher Pike, and we'll see you all then. Best listeners, goodbye. Bye. 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 Hi, this is Renata here with a few um, post-episode notes. We really only intended for this to be like a 20-minute mini-sode, but then it turned out we just still have so much to say about Courtney Robertson that – uh, this episode is actually, like, 45 minutes long, and that's just fine, except that we were also so carried away we forgot to say a few other important things, such as that Margaret on Twitter is Mrs. Friday Next, and you should totally follow her if you aren't already. Um, Stacy, our other guest, is Snerdy, S-N-E-R-D-Y. Um, we are at Worst Bestseller, and you can find us online at worstbestsellers.com. Also, we totally forgot to say that we are on Stitcher now also. So you can find us on iTunes or Stitcher. Thanks again for listening. Bye!